fouls to give. As a deep bomb is oh. let off, and it goes in and out for the Spartans. <laughs> that was number 10, Jesse Brown. Oh my God, that was almost a terrible ending for the Thunderbirds and an incredible win for the Spartans. But we are going to have some extra basketball. Hey everybody, it's Jacob, Eric, and Jake here, coming at you guys from UBC's Point Grey campus, broadcasting from the unceded and ancestral grounds of the Musqueam people. As I grew up in San Diego, I'd first like to wish a very happy American Thanksgiving to our listeners down south. You're listening to CITR 101.9 with this week's edition of Thunderbird Eye, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC sports, news, standings, and stories. Before we get started, I'd also like to thank my family, friends, and girlfriend for supporting me in all that I do. So grateful to have all of you in my life. And of course, thank all of you for tuning in today and listening to Thunderbird Eye. The clip you heard at the beginning of the show was from our exciting basketball that we saw this past weekend, where the men's team swept Trinity Western and women's basketball stepped up to split the series. The inaugural Canadian University Men's Rugby Championship was crowned by the UBC men's team. Men's and women's hockey ended up with very different turnouts for this weekend series against Mount Royal. Volleyball split their series against Powerhouse Alberta, and UBC swept NAIA cross-country titles in Vancouver, Washington. Going back to the basketball clip that you heard earlier, the women's basketball team split their two games against Trinity Western this weekend, winning the first match before dropping the second in an overtime thriller. In the first match on Friday, the Thunderbirds jumped out to a big first-half lead and didn't let the Spartans get too close, winning 69-58 to in the end. UBC led 19-10 after the first quarter and were up 40-21 at halftime in this one. The Spartans cut into the lead a bit in the second half, but the Thunderbirds were never really in danger. They won this game with strong defense and rebounding. They held Trinity Western to only 30% shooting from the field and out-rebounded the 57-37, with a bulk of those rebounds coming from Madison Penn, who bounced back in a big way after a disappointing performance against UNBC two weeks ago. She scored an efficient 27 points to go along with a career-high 17 rebounds, topping her previous career high that she set two weeks ago against UNBC. Keelan Filowich also had a double-double, her fourth of the season, and it was a bit of a surprising result, as coming into the match, UBC was 3-3 three and three and had a bit of an up-and-down season so far, and Trinity, West, Trinity Western was 5-1. and one. On Saturday, the, a- the aforementioned overtime thriller took place as the Thunderbirds made a valiant comeback after falling behind early, but unfortunately they fell just short. Trinity Western looked to avenge the previous game, jumping out to a 24-15 lead in the first quarter, and when they took a double-digit lead early, it looked early in the second, it seemed like the match was going to be the reversal of the previous night, but the Thunderbirds stormed back and tied the game at the end of the third, leading to a very tense finish. Where in the dying second, the Thunderbirds got the ball inside to Penn, who had a game-high 29 points. She was fouled, giving her two free throws. It was a high-pressure moment, but she stayed cool and sunk both of them, tying the game. The Thunderbirds still had two fouls to give, so they used both of them, giving, only, giving the Spartans only three seconds to go for a game winner. They got a shot off, the, a deep three-pointer, which went halfway down, rolled all the way around the rim, and spilled out, sending the game to overtime. Everyone, the crowd, the players even, it seemed, were stunned that the shot didn't fall, but unfortunately, fate did not remain on the side of the Thunderbirds as Trinity Western pulled ahead in the extra frame and won the game 75-71 to in overtime. And although she had a few of rough games this year, I mean, that game was crazy. Maddie Penn almost pulling Thunderbirds back into it. She's been nothing short of great so far this season. Second in Canada West, scoring, averaging now 20 points per game, as well as 
third in the conference in rebounding with 10.5. She's averaging double-double games, guys. That's crazy. And, and over her last five games, she has three of them in which she scored more than 25, a real dominant force throughout Canada West. Yeah, she's been scoring at a really good rate, but um, the rest of the team is not um, catching up to her in that regard. The team uh, as a whole only scoring 63 points per game, good for 12th out of 17 in the conference. Um, and a lot of that, I think, is um, because of uh, beyond the arc and at the line. Yeah, we've seen so far with their free throw shooting, only 63% from the line. And as you mentioned, beyond the arc, they're shooting 26. I don't know whether this is that they're relying too much on Penn and then having to then kick the ball out to players who haven't been as successful this season. But I think getting players who are generally, or as we saw last year, were successful, like Allie Norris from beyond the arc, um, getting her back into the swing of things. Last game, they went one for 12, which, or on Saturday night, they actually went one for 12, which um, just really isn't up to snuff for what they need. Yeah, and I mean, despite that, they do lead Canada West in rebounding, which is something Penn's also been um, good for. So, and they've been really good defensively at times. Um, they've held their opponent under 60 uh, three times this season. They've been okay. They just need to, if they can get that three-point shooting under control and maybe that free throw as well, they um, could be dangerous in the conference. It, it was overall a good weekend, Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they split a pair of games against one of the top teams in the conference, but given how close they were to sweeping them, they will regret not being able to have that sort of s- two statement victories against one of the higher quality teams. Yeah, I pushed back hard there, but ending up splitting the series, we will now take a listen into what Maddie Penn had to say about the team and her own play last weekend. Fell just short in the end. What will you guys take away from this match? Um, I think uh, Deb mentioned or Deb said um, that we kind of had a bit of complacency about us when we had a lead, so we need to learn how to play with a lead, and that was something that we're definitely going to take away from the whole weekend. It was another big performance from you tonight. How have you felt about your own game so far this season? Um, it's been it's been okay. There's a lot to work on. There's a lot to learn with uh, chemistry with the other girls and we're starting to find that and that's been really positive so I think that was a step forward for this weekend and it's something good to build on so uh, yeah it's something good to come. Uh, finally it's been an up and down season for the team so far how will you, what will be your guys' strategy to try and get into a more consistent winning form? Yeah, so uh, we're playing away next weekend. It's going to start with winning on the road. Um, and then once we get that, like I said before, knowing that feeling and knowing how to play with a lead, um, and I think that's going to really cement the rest of our season. Um, we have that knowledge and uh, experience under our belt. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. On the men's side, the UBC Thunderbirds basketball team swept Trinity Western, stretching their current winning streak to four games. They utterly dominated the Spartans on Friday, winning 118-65 to in the end. Got them immediately from the jump. They led 26-15 to at the end of the first before blowing them out of the water with a 32-18 to second quarter. Connor Morgan led the way with 25 points on 9-15 shooting in just 21 minutes, while Phil Jalalpur continued his hot streak with 19 points on a ridiculous 8-9 of shooting and also recorded a season-high 8 assists. Grant Shepard scored 19 points on just 7 shots to continue his strong start, and UBC simply had no problem getting whatever they wanted on the offensive end, shooting 58% from the field in this one, along with 46% from 3. Saturday was a little different. Surprisingly, especially considering the last match, UBC struggled a bit before finally pulling away in the 4th. Trinity Western came out strong, obviously looking for revenge after the blowout loss the previous night, and dropped 33 points in the first quarter, taking an early lead. 
The, thir the Thunderbirds battled back, but the game remained a close one, with the Spartans taking a one-point lead into the fourth quarter before UBC was finally able to pull away, outscoring the Spartans 25-16 in the fourth for an 84-76 win. Morgan and Jalalpur led the way again with 22 and 20 points respectively, and they both recorded their season highs in rebounds, with Morgan pulling down 13 and Jalalpur grabbing 7. One of the reasons the Thunderbirds' high-powered offense was not as effective in this match was an uncharacteristically poor three-point shooting night. They shot 5-for-22 from deep, with Isaiah Familia being the only one to hit more than one three-pointer on the night. And despite that off-shooting we saw on Saturday night, I was there to see the game. I think it was a bit of, I don't want to say luck, but f shots were falling for Trinity Western that generally don't in most games, so that might have been throwing off the Thunderbirds a bit. But we've still seen that UBC has the highest scoring and most efficient offense in Canada West. They're currently averaging 97 points a game and are shooting 51%. Those are crazy big offensive numbers. Yeah, and Connor Morgan and Phil Jalalpur have been a big part of that uh, really efficient offense, that 97 points per game. Uh, Morgan is fourth in Canada West in scoring uh, with 23 points per game and sixth in the conference in rebounds, despite uh, only uh, about 26 minutes a night. Jalalpur um, has been really hot as of late, shooting 55% from the field and 50% from the three-point line. It's been nice to see the two of them, Jalalpur and Morgan, fitting together on the court, but we've also seen the likes of Grant Shepard starting his Thunderbirds cre career very well. He's third in the team on scoring with 12 a game, and he's shooting 63% of the field, pulling down four and a half rebounds a game, and he's playing generally less than 20 minutes a game. So good job from the new players and, of course, the veterans. UBC offense, really tough to be messed with right now. Yeah, um, I mean, that efficient offense, the there is a potential explanation for that other than just the fact that the Thunderbirds are good, which I think they are. Um, but they are in a bit of an easier stretch of the schedule right now. Um, U UNBC and Trinity Western are both lower-tier teams, and Winnipeg, who is their next opponent. Um, and um, Regina and Lethbridge are going to be the two... Um, the next two teams after Winnipeg, and those will be a couple dangerous teams to go up against. So we'll see if that's a real test for the Thunderbirds, see if they're actually legit. Yeah, overall, it was a good weekend for the Thunderbirds, who've now won four straight on a roll. But as you mentioned, Eric, the next stretch of games against Regina and Lethbridge should show us how good they really are. We got a chance to catch up with Phil Jalalpur after their play on Saturday night's game. You guys have now won four straight and have had a couple dominant performances in this stretch. What has been the key for you guys during this run? Um, I mean, the last three games were pretty good as far as you picked it up defensively and took more of an um, aggressive role, but tonight was a tough one. But I think it all stems from our defense. If we pick it up there, we play pretty good. Uh, you've had some impressive offensive performances the last couple of weeks. What's been the catalyst for your uh, great individual performances recently? You know, just trying to be aggressive, but the guys put me in good spots and they push the ball, so I'm just trying to capitalize on those opportunities. And finally, the team is on a strong run currently, but there are multiple other quality teams in Canada West. How will you guys make sure that you keep your focus and try to separate yourselves from the other teams in the conference? Well, we just got to take it game by game, but keep improving. That's what we said all year, trying to be our best in, in March or February in playoffs and get there. So we just got to take it game by game and keep improving. Thank you so much. Congratulations again. That was Phil Jalalpur of the men's basketball team. Men's basketball, very hot right now. We'll see what they do as they're sitting uh, second place right now in the conference. Taking a peek over at men's rugby, incredible. Uh, one of the best teams, the best team, after this weekend in the country, if not 
all of North America. Uh, UBC defeated their provincial rivals, Victoria Vikes, 37-12 and in the inaugural gold medal game of the Canadian University Men's Rugby Championship. It was a snowy match where the Thunderbirds fittingly ended the tournament by hoisting the new Spencer McTavish Trophy, named after a player and coaching legend who spent over 30 years with the UBC rugby program. In the Thunderbirds opening match on Thursday, they flexed their muscle in a 46-0 shutout uh, against the Concordia Stingers. The next game on Saturday afternoon, they played the McMaster Marauders, where they again uh, really pummeled the other team. It was 38-6, and after keeping the game relatively on a fair playing field, it was 10-6. The Thunderbirds scored two late first-half tries, for, uh, the first from Lemkos and the second on a long 60-yard run from Sauter, who put his side up 24-6 at the half. With an 18-point lead, there was no way that the Marauders were going to get back in this game, and the Thunderbirds capitalized on some, on some mistakes, like I earlier mentioned, having the game score end up at 38-6. to And then, on Monday's gold match game, the Thunderbirds took on their arch rivals, the Victoria Vikes. The Thunderbirds went up 32-0 after the first half, in part, to the, in part thanks to wing Cole Keffer, center Nicolo Cleronimos, eight-man Nick Allen, and man of the match, Locke James Carson. They scored four tries in just a 13-minute span. And for those of you who don't know rugby, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> Outside half, Theo Sauter added a penalty kick in the 35th minute, followed by a try by Clint Lemkos again, and they went into half 32-0. Although Victoria scored a couple of tries after the half, there was it was just simply too much for the already worn-down Vikes team who barely survived an 11-11 uh, tie match that got them into the championship a couple games a couple games before. Yeah, and it's it's a new tournament. It's the first ever um, national university rugby championship in Canada. But UBC are dominant. They're the best team in the country by uh, by a fair margin. Um, moving on into hockey now. Um, the past couple of shows we've been talking about how there's been defensive issues with the UBC men's uh, hockey team, and that reared its ugly head this weekend. Over the course of two weekend games in which they hosted Mount Royal Cougars, the Thunderbirds scored just twice and conceded seven for the second winless homestand of the season. Head, co head coach Sven Budenschen had a big problem with the attitude and effort of the team in the first game, um, saying that they played a soft, fancy Harlem Globetrotter game and that this, this just won't work in this good league that they're playing in right now. Um, again, a high shots against count. Um, they were close to allowing 40 shots for what seems like the uh, 20th time maybe this season. Um, they've just been unable to protect their goalies, and that's been... Uh, the reason for their defensive issues. They played better the, the on the second game, honestly. They put together, one of honestly, one of their better defensive performances of the season. But with backup Ryland Toth and Net, the Thunderbirds uh, were still um, only able to score just one uh, in terms of run support there and conceding three. Uh, the coach was more impressed with that game. They said, um, or he said rather, that that's why you got to do it every period, every game all season, because when the offense isn't there, um, even if you have a good defensive game, you've, you've got to have everything there in order to win the game. And you mentioned the offense that was lacking. We've seen a rather soft defense from this men's hockey team and only 24 shots on Friday. And that offense that they rely on so much, when that goes away, there's no chance for them to win. They've now lost three straight games. And without some big defensive improvement, it's hard to see uh, where this season can go positively for the Thunderbirds. Really going to need to turn things around here as they're heading in 
next week against number one, Alberta. So potential to have a five-game skid if they don't turn things around quickly on the defensive end. Yeah, it's not like there's only one thing they have to fix. They have to be more clinical in all aspects of the game. They aren't finishing the scoring chances. Their defense is shaky. They've been getting into penalty trouble. And when they are able to score goals, they haven't been able to hold leads. They scored, they scored first in both games this weekend, but weren't able to get anything out of them. Yeah, the women's team, on the other hand, uh, they're looking good. Um, they went 2-0 this weekend. Uh, a real goaltender's duel, good old-fashioned uh, 2004 hockey there for you. Um, Amelia uh, Bone stopped 21 of 22 to lead her side to victory. UBC women were solid all around, crisp passes, um, avoided turnovers. They were very responsible on defense and obviously only allowing 22 shots through to the goalkeeper. The, that defensive performance um, gave Bone two relatively easy periods, and Hannah Clayton Carroll was able to double UBC's lead to two. Uh, MRU showed signs of life in the third, but to no avail. They cut the lead in half, um, but after two more than two minutes of time with the goalie pulled, uh, they were not able to tie the game. UBC would hang on for a 2-1 win. Clayton Carroll had the game winner on that um, game on Friday, and she would get the game winner on Saturday as well. The Thunderbirds again played a clinical, uh, solid defensive game, but they turned up their offense a little bit and came away with a 3-1 win in this one. Uh, Matea Fisher opened the scoring just six minutes into this one, and Clayton Carroll added a second goal after scoring the game winner later on to give her three on the weekend with just two minutes to go in the second. UBC backup goalie Tori McClash finally saw game action after Bone played uh, in all three of UBC's most recent games, and she was solid, stopping 22 of 23. The UBC Thunderbirds are one game back of Manitoba for first in the conference. And this team isn't playing, isn't having any strategy that's too fancy. It's not the neutral zone trap or a running gun, running gun kind of offense. It's just some textbook, solid hockey overall. They're playing defensively sound hockey, and it's getting them wins. We saw it, it may not be the most exciting sport to watch when they play this way, but we saw this kind of bit men's soccer earlier in the season when they were playing this really exciting soccer, and they ended up losing. Uh, note that their penalty kill is excellent, they have eight penalties over the course of two games. Um, they killed eight penalties, rather, over the course of two games, and including three five-on-three power play scenarios. This does bring up the point, though, why are they getting into all this penalty trouble to start with? Big aspect of the game that they can't uh, keep up if they want to find long-term success throughout the season. Yeah, but I think if they improve that, they're going to be a really dangerous team right, in this conference. Right. Yeah, despite the penalty trouble, though, they've simply been incredible defensively. They're uh, holding shots under 25 this weekend while killing off all of those penalties. Three, five, and threes, that's pretty ridiculous. If they keep playing this very solid hockey that they've perfected so far, they could definitely be contenders in the top heavy Canada West this season. Yeah, definitely. They The men's team will travel to Edmonton to face University of Alberta this weekend while women's team will host them. Um, we're going to take a quick break for ads, and we will be right back. A little sodium chloride. Actually, dude, it's salt. That's what I said, sodium chloride. Discorder, that salty mag from CITR, is back with a stunning November issue. This month has an op-ed on the revitalization of Hogan's Alley, features Gamelan Bike Bike, shines a spotlight on Youth for Chinese Seniors, and reviews Mitch Cotta's new album in the debut of Unseated. 
a new column dedicated to highlighting Indigenous voices and experiences. And an extra special thank you to our advertisers, Tambor Concerts, The Rickshaw, The Rio Theatre, The Cinematheque, and Mint Records. The issue is jam-packed with your views and news, so pick up your copy of Discorder from one of our over 100 distribution locations all around Vancouver or read online at discorder.ca. of some pigskin. This is my shimmering life prize. All I must do is create a diversion. What could distract people who love sports? Sports. 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 Do you find sports distracting? Feel the need to chant sports for hours on end? Then come on by the CITR station at the new sub to get involved. We do play-by-play, color commentary, audio production, interviews, and so much more. Only on CITR 101.9 FM. Welcome back. Um, moving on to uh, men's volleyball now. Uh, heavyweight bout in the men's volleyball this week. The undefeated Alberta Golden Bears and the undefeated UBC Thunderbirds. They would split uh, the weekend games. Uh, in game one, a grueling five-set match. Um, saw the Thunderbirds come out on top. They lost the opening set but would battle back um, and uh, took an extended third set to uh, grab a 2-1 lead. They claimed flying out in the fourth, but Alberta battled back to tie it at two sets apiece. The fifth set started close with 8-7 being the score before UBC went on a 7-0 run to close out the match and take the fifth set. Irvin Brar with 16 kills in that one, Keith West with 12, Matt Geedy with 8, and Byron Katarakis had a huge game with 44 assists, 9 digs, and 2 aces. And this was the first real test of the year. Both heavyweight teams that we can likely see, Canada West final. UBC did rely on a lot of mistakes and errors of Alberta, and if this is the way they're going to try and win these games, it's something that they, I don't think it's something that's reliable. And they're going to have to clean up, as we saw in the second game, UBC committed a lot of errors. Yeah, and I think they're capable of playing a more solid game against a top team like this. Um, obviously, going against an undefeated team is very daunting. The Thunderbirds are going to get better as the season goes on. They still look like a top team in this conference. They still look like Canada West championship contenders, but they need to find a strategy for breaking down top-class opposition. Um, after Friday night, the Thunderbirds were the last undefeated team in Canada West, but it would be short-lived as Alberta took Game 2. Each team is now 7-1, and one, good for second in the conference behind University of Winnipeg. Uh, three close sets to start, uh, 25-23, 25-22, and again 25-23. But UBC seemed really tired after that brutal five-set game on Friday, and they just uh, were too tired to compete. U of A rode the momentum from winning the third set and took the fourth, 25-18, to win the game and split the series. Um, some big games from uh, a lot of U of A players, including Tariq Sani and George Hoburn. And again, Irvin Breyer, um, the centerpiece of this UBC men's team with 18 kills, 4 aces, 4 block assists, but also 6 service errors of a, a Team 27, which is really too high. Um, and we'll uh, talk about the service errors later because they, that was what killed them in this game. Yeah, Breyer is now up to 965 career kills, which is nice to mention for him, a team leader for the Thunderbirds. But as you said, 27 service errors. For UBC, uncharacteristic, really, not something that I think is too much cause for alarm, but something that they're going to have to learn how to move on from and uh, keep out of their gameplay going forward. I think at their next practice, they'll probably run a lot of service drills, but something that should be cleaned up rather easily. Yeah, honestly, I think uh, UBC could have won this game if they didn't have those service errors, but it's something that happens and they can move on from it. They will host McEwen University this weekend at War Memorial Gym. And looking at the women's team... Big Friday night, they swept the Pandas uh, in sets, going 25-22, 25-18, 25-22, 25-18, 25-22, 25-18, 25-18, 25-18, 25-18, 25-18, 25-18, 25-18, 25-18, 25-18, 25-18, 25-18, 25-18
in both the, the second and third sets. This is a big achievement as it was the first straight sets loss on a home court for the Pandas in the last four years. Kira Van Rijk had a big game as she notched a game-high 16 kills, while Gavi Atia netted 8 kills for the Thunderbirds. John Tile also picked up 30 assists. We saw the Pandas jump to an early 5-2 lead in the first set, where the Thunderbirds bounced back. Similarly, in the second set, the Pandas on this time grabbed an early 6-2 lead, where the Thunderbirds charged back with a 7-2 run. Uh, got a big bit back and forth there, going point for point. UBC pulling it off with a strong 7-2 run at the end. The third point had UBC jumping out early and never looking back. Nice, solid win against a strong team. On Saturday night, not the same story as the Thunderbirds lost this one. It was their five-game win streak that came to a halt as the Pandas beat them in four sets this night. Corey White of the Pandas led with 15 kills on Saturday night, adding five digs and an ace, while Eric Orsiak finished with a game-high 44 assists for the Pandas. On a high note, Kira Van Rijk finished up the match with 22 kills. Pandas dominated overall in this second game, but UBC did respond nicely, so a little life against a good team. Yeah, I think the difference in hitting percentage was um, the reason for the split this weekend. 2-7-8 in the first game and 1-2-2 in the second. Kira Van Rijk, though, she looks excellent. She got 38 kills over the weekend and is uh, steamrolling the league with 4.31 kills per set, which is wild. And UBC women's overall is currently second Canada West standings. So although they dropped this game, not too much of a worry. Calgary is uh, the only team that they're behind right now, but they're 12 points so far in the season and looking good to really make another national push, as we saw they won last year. Yeah. And next week, it, I think they'll get a couple wins. Yeah, uh, the 0-8 McEwen Griffins, are um, who UBC will be hosting at War Memorial Gym this weekend. They have lost just two sets through four matches at home. Um, just before we uh, leave you with the upcoming schedule, uh, cross-country... Um, an incredible week, really, for UBC Cross Country. They took home national championships in both men's and women's in the NIA College uh, Athletic co uh, Cross Country Championships. NAIA, rather. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, the men had two top five finishers, Kieran Lum and John Gay. All of UBC's runners finished inside the top 20, good for 41 points, um, dominating the second place Columbia College with 168, obviously lower being better. Average time, 24, point f uh, 24 minutes, 52 seconds for the 8-kilometer race. And this was UBC's first national championship in cross-country. Women, on the other hand, they claimed their fifth uh, national championship in six years, but their victory was by a much closer margin. They scored only 109 points, uh, 16 less than first place Wayland Baptist. Uh, Nicola Simmons finished third as UBC's fastest runner. Their average was 18.04 in the 5-kilometer race, and they have the second most championships of all time. Um, looking at the upcoming schedule for the Thunderbirds, um, the, the National Swimming Championships, or rather the Canada West Swimming Championships, get underway at University of Victoria this weekend um, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Women's volleyball hosts McEwen University, as does men's volleyball. Women's basketball visits Winnipeg, as does men's basketball. Um, men's ice hockey visits Alberta, while women's ice hockey hosts them, and those are both on Friday and Saturday for all of the aforementioned games. Thank you guys all so much for tuning in to CITR 101.9. The upcoming show will be Intersections, hosted by the Gender Empowerment Collective here at CITR. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Eric, and Jake. Tune in Thursdays, 3.30 to 4, and have a great rest of your day.